I'm, I'm, I'm all right, man. How's the face doing? It was just my hand. I'm all right. Advantage Greg Sussman over the microphone. You just clocked that thing, dude. Dude, that was nuts. I've never seen someone so excited to start the BFS before. Dude, you haven't met me before. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, I have. Oh, all right. Cool. So, yeah. Uh, what's up, man? Uh, what's up, man? Happy Thursday. Thirsty Thursday. Eric Young's computer was rebooting, and then he told us uh, there's 55 minutes remaining. I'm like, the show's, uh, you, the fantasy part of the program is only an hour, so uh, that, that's an issue. Yeah, if you, if you want to join us for some MLB futures in hour two, EY, uh, feel uh, free to do so. Virginia Zakis will also join us during hour two to talk uh, over some injuries with us. Before we get into our AFC, NFC West preview, I wanted to get to the AFC West. I know we have a few minutes before we hit that first break, and I thought it was important before we broke down the preview uh, to get into the biggest news of the day, and that, of course, is Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon's agent went on Twitter earlier this morning or leaked it to Adam Schefter, who then went on Twitter himself, and was like, hey, my client's not showing up to training camp unless he gets paid. And about five minutes later, Schefter tweeted again, not only is he not showing up to training camp if he doesn't get paid, just want to let you know that he wants to get traded if he doesn't get paid. Like, looking at this whole thing, Frank, it was very clear what happened. The agent leaked this to Schefter. Schefter wrote it out, and the agent's like, no, I want you to go further. Like, I want you to say I'm demanding a trade if I don't get paid. So then he gave you another update saying <laughs> he wants to get traded. And it's like, all right, cool, that's exactly what I was looking for. Like, it was so obvious that is what happened. But to me, it's all a negotiating ploy, right? Like, he wants to get his client paid, and in order to do that, he's threatening to hold out. Fine, it happens. Will he get paid? I don't know. We haven't heard any response uh, from the Chargers. These things, the reason that the agent comes out is because negotiations aren't exactly going well. There's still, there's still uh, a few weeks before training camp begins. There's certainly a while before the NFL regular season starts. So I don't want to overreact yet. What are you thinking about this news? I'm worried, man. I, this has a lot of Le'Veon Bell from last season written all over it. We... You know, we kept getting updates throughout the summer when people were drafting and using first-round picks, not even first-round picks, top three picks on Le'Veon Bell last year. Everyone kept saying, don't worry, he's going to show up. He's going to be there. Yeah, he doesn't need to play in the preseason. He's Le'Veon Bell. Don't worry, he's going to show up. He's going to be there. It's all right. It's fine. He didn't play the entire season. So how can you not be worried about this situation right now? Melvin Gordon, someone who was going smack daddy in the middle of the first round of fantasy football drafts right now, that's not going to be the case moving forward. You know, given this update, Greg, and it's, it seems like every single year we have one of these situations that we have to figure out in the first round of drafts. Last year was Le'Veon Bell. A couple of years ago, we had the potential Ezekiel Elliott suspension looming. Every single year, we just can't go a fantasy football draft season without having the threat of a holdout, the threat of a suspension, and it really throws fantasy football drafts into a... In, in, to, you know, a spiral. It's just crazy. Yeah, and... How do you react to it, right? So my reaction always was, he'll be there, right? Like, throughout the history of all these holdouts was, he'd be there, the player would show up, and it'd be all good, and you're getting a discount on the player. But you mentioned Le'Veon Bell, and that's the obvious comparison. And, and last year, in all honesty, scares me off a little bit, because we've seen a player do it now. Yeah. We've seen a player legitimately sit out an entire season. With Melvin Gordon, though... It's a little bit different because they can, if he wants to hold out, they can franchise him and they can keep doing it. And it's not nearly as cost prohibitive as it was with Le'Veon Bell, who already was franchised. Like, to me, this holdout seems more like one of those, I guess, traditional holdouts that we've seen uh, plenty of times before. 
Will it ultimately get him a new contract? I'm not sure. I think Austin Eckler has proven that he can get the job done in the past. Justin Jackson has proven. Hey, did he, though? Eckler, no. I feel like last year, whenever Melvin Gordon missed time, like we were expecting Austin Eckler to have this, you know, these big games, and it just didn't happen. So I don't. I think Austin Eckler is a fine player. I think he's probably better off as a complimentary player, right, in the role that he always has. You know, anywhere from you know ten to twelve, maybe thirteen, fourteen touches, something like that. But to expect Austin Eckler to come in and just basically do what Melvin Gordon does. I don't think that that's going to be the case. So Melvin Gordon got hurt, uh, I believe because it was week 13. Eckler had 13 carries for 21 yards, chipped in uh, five receptions for 22. A week later against Cincinnati, had 15 carries for 66 yards and a touchdown, two receptions for 28. They both sat out against Kansas City. Eckler sat out against Baltimore in week 16. And then in week 17, doesn't really count, obviously. Yeah. So one of those games was a dud. Well, it and does what, count because the Ravens had to make the playoffs. Yeah. So that does count for the Ravens. Eight carries, 58 yards on touchdown. Okay, so if you look at those two games that you pulled up, one of them was a dud, yeah. and one of them came against the Bengals, who everybody ran against last Definitely. year. Definitely. Definitely. So, look, I don't think Austin Eckler is just going to step in and, and do what Melvin Gordon does. Melvin Gordon has been one of the premier touchdown scorers in the NFL. I mean, he has... 38 total touchdowns over his last 41 games, spanning the last three seasons. He's been a little bit injury-prone. Uh, and you know what? This isn't the first time the Chargers have been through something like this. Remember Vincent Jackson back in the day, Greg? He also held out, and he didn't play until like week 10. Remember yes, that? Yes, of course, Vincent Jackson. So the Chargers have a history of this. They do. Different, I mean, very different, though. E.J. Smith was general manager at that time, so it's a totally different regime. To if be you're fair. drafting today... How do you handle it? I think that's the question because there's going to be people doing best ball drafts. So when you... Uh, How can you use a first-round pick we, on Melvin Gordon? Now? We talked about this very briefly earlier, and I think your sentiment was right. Like, you had him originally in this crew with Todd Gurley, um, with, Le- I'm sorry, with Le'Veon Bell, with David Johnson. He goes past that now. For me, he goes past a guy uh, like James Conner now. He's probably past Joe Mixon now. I agree with you. You said he's with Todd Gurley? Yeah. I think that's right. Because that's the mix when like things start to get a little bit hairy, you totally. worry about it. I think he's in that mix. We get into our NFC West preview when we come back here on the BFFs. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. BFFs back with you two hours today, back in the saddle. Frank Stample, Greg Sussman, we've gotten an update from Eric Young, uh, who has decided that uh, his computer's not rebooting anytime soon. I will not be able to make today's show. Oh, I think that's the only reason why Joe with a mustache came to watch us today. Is it normally anymore? He hasn't been around for a while. You Unless know, he watches on demand. Did you know that, uh, that our, our boss, Big Mike... Big Mike. That's what we're going with nowadays? Thrilled that EY shaved the beard. Thrilled. I'm not. He was thrilled. Come on. The beard was EY's thing. Plus, I shared a bond with EY when he had a beard. Now he looks closer to you Correct. than me, and I don't like that. Just I have more hair. A little bit. 
You also have more hair than him. A lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> is what it is. All right. Our NFC West preview begins. And we wanted to do this with, with, with EY, with, with San Francisco and Jimmy Garoppolo, but... He, Should we just, like, call it audible? I feel like he wanted to talk about Kyler Murray. I feel bad I, now. I, I agree. Can we call... Can we, I don't know what to do. I, you, you, you also I, I, prepared. I did prep for these two teams. Yeah, did, so... Yeah, so. Maybe maybe tomorrow EY can just chime in. All right. Anyway, so we, when we do our quarterback previews, we'll get EY's thoughts on Kyler Murray. So let me start uh, with Arizona and with Kyler Murray in general. Kyler Murray, first overall pick, second year in a row, the Arizona Cardinals take a quarterback in the first round. And I've heard a lot about Cliff Kingsbury and what he's going to do to the offense. But let me start with Kyler Murray. He just went, I think, my Scott's fishbowl, and it was a little bit different, super flex kind of league. But how early are you comfortable taking Kyler Murray, Frank? In terms of relative to other quarterbacks or just in terms of ADP? What are you thinking here? I guess in terms of ADP. Right now, he's going at pick 103. Which is what? As the 12th quarterback off the board. Okay, so he's being drafted as a QB1. That, and as I said yesterday. Sandwich between Goff and Cam Newton. As I said yesterday, that is ahead of Cam Newton. I could never take Kyler Murray ahead of Cam Newton. That's crazy. People are getting excited. People are getting excited about Kyler Murray. I mean, that ability to rush that we saw in college, people are excited about that. I mean, what we saw from Lamar Jackson last year, that rushing floor that he provides, I mean, that's just huge for fantasy football purposes. And Kyler Murray is, I'm not going to go as far as and say 10 times the passer Lamar Jackson is, but he is a much more polished passer than Lamar Jackson. But I think it's really interesting Jackson that you bring, up Lamar, you bring up Lamar Jackson, who's yeah. the 19th quarterback off the board. Who I like wise. as well. But, but in NFFC, it's six point per passing touchdown. So it's worth noting that. That is very worth it. Lamar noting. Jackson okay. is much more valuable in four point per passing touchdown leagues. Good point. And so is Kyler Murray, All right. for that matter. In a four point passing touchdown league, who would you take first, Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray. Mm. Mm. Because I think that, look, he doesn't have the same rushing upside as Lamar Jackson. Not even close. But his passing upside is much higher than sure, Lamar Jackson. Sure, but like, why can't Lamar Jackson get better in year two? You know? He should, and I think a lot of people expect him to do that. Like, but Kyler Murray's already there in terms of being a passer. Me, I, I guess. Yes, he is. We hope. Theoretically, yes. But he is a more he's a much more polished, polished passer, passer. Absolutely. Especially inside the pocket, making plays out of the pocket. But he's not, a, he's not Lamar nearly Jackson. as good with his legs as Lamar Jackson is. He's not. Not nearly? Is that true? Yes. I mean, Kyler Murray just ran for 1,000 yards in college. Lamar Jackson did the same thing. Yeah. Kyler Murray makes plays with his legs, Greg. Okay. Like, I don't know that he's going to rely on it as much as Lamar Jackson because he doesn't need to. He can make more throws at the NFL level, or at least that's what I expect in year one. But I, I think that he can make a lot of similar plays. He's not going to run as much as Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson had games where he ran 20-plus times last year. Correct. And I wouldn't expect that type of volume from Lamar Jackson either this season. I mean, he'll probably get anywhere from... I mean, a a realistic projection is like 10 to 12 carries a game for Lamar Jackson. But Kyler Murray, he's going to run, Greg. He's going to run. I'm confident in that. So you confident to take him as your QB1? He's going 12 right now. So I feel a lot... The same way I feel about Kyler Murray is very similar to how I feel about Cam Newton. Obviously for different reasons, but there's a lot of risk involved with both right now. I'm worried about Cam Newton's shoulder. He had arthroscopic shoulder surgery. It was regarded as a cleanup. You know, I don't know how many people get arthroscopic cleanups in the offseason. I didn't, Greg. You didn't. No, uh, we, we also we aren't professional quarterbacks. But uh, Kyler Murray, there is risk involved because he is still a rookie quarterback. And there are question marks about the offensive line. 
Now, last year, the Arizona Cardinals offensive line, all five of their projected starters this year were all hurt last year. So they need to stay healthy. That's part of the game of football. But if they stay healthy, I think that their offensive line is going to be better than it was last year. But there are still risks involved with Kyler Murray because he is a rookie quarterback. So with that being said, in a one-quarterback league, I'd be more apt to take Kyler Murray and someone like Cam Newton because of the risk that they possess. They both have big upside. But I feel better about taking them there because I know that I could get a really good backup, Greg. I could wait a couple of rounds and get a Philip Rivers. a safe Philip Rivers, mm-hmm. a Tom Brady, a, uh, a you know so, like a Jimmy Garoppolo, so, like a passing quarterback that's safe a couple of rounds later. In a super flex, if you draft Cam Newton or Kyler Murray as one of your two starting quarterbacks and one of them bombs out, it's going to be really hard, hard to find a replacement in that format because most people are drafting three quarterbacks in that format. You're, abso- you're absolutely right. So I'm more apt to take a Kyler Murray or Cam Newton in a one-quarterback yeah. league where I can get a good backup. That makes sense, and that makes a lot of sense. One player that you're taking in all leagues, and it's in the first round, it's David Johnson, who we've had a lot of discussions about, in all honesty, uh, between us. And you believe David Johnson, I be- you have him as what, your fifth or sixth ranked player overall right now? Fifth, yes. Right, so he's your fifth ranked he's player. He's going to move ahead of Malvin, Malvin Gordon. Gordon okay, yeah. so he's your fifth overall player right now. This is the same David Johnson who, as you told me just a few minutes earlier, finished as the top 10 running back last year, number 10 overall. Yep. It was a David Johnson that if you look a little bit further inside the game log, like, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't always fun. It was not sexy at all. No. No. The numbers ultimately were there. In fact, more often than not, it was not fun to own David Johnson last year. And the years before that, David Johnson battled an injury. He had a wrist injury that kept him out the entire year before and then hurt his knee the last game of, this, of the season before that. So there's been a couple of injuries here. Well, let's not, he did finish as the RB1 overall in 2016. There's a couple of injuries here, though. Yes. And 2016 is now three years ago. Just saying. I look at last year's David Johnson, which is all, which is all I could do, right? How many, yards, how many games of rushing did he have at 100 yards? One. Zero. Not one game last year did mm-hmm. he have 100 yards rushing. Not one game last year did he have 100 yards receiving. Now, if you combine them, obviously, he, he did. Mm-hmm. But it, it, was, it wasn't pretty. It I, was I can't defend it. I can't not defend it. pretty. Him finishing at number 10, I wonder if that's more about the state of the running back position last year than David Johnson himself. If you look at the total numbers, I'm going to read them to you. 940 rushing yards, 446 receiving yards. That is almost 1,400 total yards. That's good. The touchdowns, 10 total. You'd like that to be higher. Remember Alvin Kamara, who's going one pick ahead in your rankings, had, what, 18 touchdowns last year? Yeah, but this is a huge drop-off, and that's fantasy football. It's Huge drop-off. You don't want, ideally, you don't want to be pick five. Because you miss out on those top four running backs, Correct. and it sucks. And you have to make the decision. But I think that David Johnson is going to be better this year. Greg, now, I want to ask you, are you playing devil's advocate just for the sake of it, or do you really not like David Johnson this year? I legitimately have questions with David Johnson. We've had this conversation a lot off air. Let's bring it on air. When we're at five overall, and it's not like I don't like David Johnson. I, don't, I understand why he's going here. I do. But when you're at five overall in the draft... I'm not taking David Johnson based on what I saw last year. I get he's in the prime of his career. He's 27 years old. Everything should be better. Cliff Kingsbury's uh, going to make all the difference in the world. He's going to change everything. He's a wonder kid. He's a new Sean McVay. I get all of that. But when we're in the first round, we talk about it all the time. You want safety. You want to get it right. 
I don't believe at five overall, David Johnson is right. I think the answer, if you want safety, I know exactly what you're going to say to combat what I'm, what I'm saying, but you want safety, you want DeAndre Hopkins, or you want Devontae Adams. Frank's going to give you a stat in a second that Devontae Adams has more red zone opportunities than anybody in the NFL over the last two years. Nobody else has more than Devontae Adams. The amount of touchdowns that this guy scores is ungodly. And DeAndre Hopkins is, is a beast. He's not going to deny it. I'm not going to deny it. I want that rather than taking the shot at David Johnson. What Frank will then tell you is, I'm right. It's true. Greg, I can just leave the show and you can just talk for me. <laughs> I'm right. It's true. But the other wide receivers that they, you can then get at this spot in the second round is worth taking the risk on David Johnson. And I just don't agree with it. Yeah, ultimately, I just think that the wide receivers that you can get in round two are more trustworthy than the running backs that you can get in round two. And that's why I like taking the running back and David Johnson in round one. You come back in round two and get your wide receiver. It's nothing against Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins. I love those guys, Greg. Position scarcity. We'll give you a couple of combinations when we come back. We'll see what you like best. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. If you're serious about fantasy football, it's never too early to start preparing for the 2019 season. Roto Experts has you covered with the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings anywhere available on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content each and every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football that you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY, and that's 10% off with the promo code FNTSY. The NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package available only right now at rotoexperts.com. Frank Stanfield, Greg Sussman. During the break, we looked at the NFFC average draft position. And we said at number five, I mentioned I would take Devontae Adams or DeAndre Hopkins. Frank said he would take David Johnson. If you go into the second round, and that is pick 19, you say. Mm -hmm. Is that that correct? Yeah, I did 24 minus five. It's 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 20, isn't it? 24, 23, 22, 21, 20. Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, keep going, Greg. So at the 20th pick... Around the 20th pick, the wide receivers that are there that you could pair David Johnson with are Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, T.Y. Hilton, Keenan Allen, and Amari Cooper. I think those are five very good choices. Very good choices. I like all those guys a lot. The running backs that you could pair, let's assume Todd Gurley's gone, is potentially Nick Chubb, Damian Williams, Leonard Fournette. <laughs> Sorry, I had to just, that, that one slipped out. Leonard Fournette. You like that guy, Greg? I think I like him more than you do. You're going to take him in the second round? I will not be taking him in the second round. <laughs> All right. I know a few people who might. I will not take him in the second round. I do like him in the third round, though. Okay. So what combination do you like better, Greg? Devonta Adams and Hopkins and one of Chubb or Williams or David Johnson with a Mike Evans or Antonio Brown? 
So I think that like the David Johnson and Antonio Brown, let's use that combination for for now. That sounds that sounds better. That sounds better, realistically. Probably. So there you go. I'm selling you. So I should be a salesman. Pretty good at this. Have I sold you on Devontae Adams over DeAndre Hopkins yet? So I was on that I was on that bandwagon last year. Like Coming out of football season, like in January, like I said, I think I made the argument to you that Devontae Adams should be the number one overall wide receiver. Oh, I, I said that all along as well. Yeah, so now... You're preaching to the choir. So I, I said that he should be. I don't know which camp I fall into at the moment. I haven't done enough to... I don't know that there's a wrong answer to that. Yeah, I, I think they go for like the same amount at auction. I don't think there's a right answer to that. Uh, Devontae Adams plays for the Packers, like... It, it, look, this basically this all comes down to preference. What do you like more? Do you like having Hopkins and Devontae Adams as your first round pick and then picking up a Damian Williams and or a Nick Chubb if they're there? Because I will say this, the way that running backs are being drafted right now this year, I've seen drafts where Damian Williams goes at the at the one two turn. And it seems like, you know, with the news coming out that Andy Reid confirmed that Damian Williams is the is the starter for the Chiefs and whatever the every down running back that he expects to be the workhorse. He might even go up. So I don't even know if he's going to be available. As of now, according to ADP, he is. But he might keep creeping up. There's a chance that Nick Chubb is gone too. So just ask yourself, if Chubb and Damian Williams end up being gone, because you're playing with fire here, you're looking at Leonard Fournette as your first running back in the second round. Or you could just double down on wide receiver at that point. And is look, there anything wrong with that? It's starting no, 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 Devontae there, Adams. There's nothing Evans. wrong with that, with that either. I mean, yeah, you could go. If you play in full PPR, Greg, and you start your draft, Devontae Adams and Mike Evans... You won't hear anything from me because you're going to end up still getting some really good running backs in rounds three through five. I think this year, more than any, what I've learned is that there are a lot of really interesting running backs in rounds three through five this year who can take that next step forward. There's a lot of those guys. So I I wouldn't kill you with that if you played in like a full PPR league. But me personally, you have to start running backs on your team. I like going David Johnson and then maybe doubling down on wide receiver after that rounds two and three. If you start your draft, David Johnson, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, that's a, that's a pretty damn good start. I like that start a lot. So that, that's just where I'm leaning right now if I have the fifth pick. Why do you think David Johnson can be better this year than he was last year? I don't think that the offense of the Cardinals can be worse than what it was last year. I think Cliff, Carey, Cliff Kingsbury coming in with his air raid offense, who they play at, at, an, at a, a much more up-tempo than the Cardinals did last year. The Cardinals ranked 31st in offensive plays last year. They were the slowest offense in football behind, you guessed it, Adam Gase looking around for his tacos and everything else. Baby! And the Miami Dolphins. So the only place that their offense could go is up. I think there's going to be more volume this year for the Arizona Cardinals. I think that they're going to be more efficient. A lot of people are excited about Kyler Murray. The offensive line is healthy for now. There's a lot of... uh, receivers now there's a lot of weapons I think they're going to be put in put in positions to score points and David Johnson is going to be at the forefront of that so overall Greg he finished RB10 last year and that was pretty much if he stays healthy that was the floor last year was the worst case scenario with Mike McCoy calling plays basically running David Johnson into the ass of his offensive lineman over and over again and trying to figure out why it doesn't work that was the floor the upside we've seen that as well that's RB1 for David Johnson so that's why I like taking him as the fifth overall pick. All right, David Johnson has that floor to potentially be the number five overall pick. Let me stick with the Cardinals here for a couple more moments before we move over to another team in the AFC West. And Larry Fitzgerald is another year older, but seemingly still has as much production as he 
always has, right? Like he's clearly still the number one wide receiver in this Cardinals offense. And they've spoken about how this offense cannot be worse, that Cliff Kingsbury is going to make it better. And you seem to like Kyler Murray a, a good amount for a proficient passer coming into the NFL. These young passers lean on their veteran wide receivers. They're slot wide receivers. Larry Fitzgerald is both of those things. Last season, Fitzy finished with 734 total yards and six touchdowns. That was the least amount of yards he has had in his career. Ever. Ever. Is this a sign of slowing down or a sign of his offense is awful? I think it's a combination of both. Don't get me wrong. I love Larry Fitzgerald. I think he's one of the best wide receivers in the history of the NFL. Same amount of touchdowns each of the last three years, though. He's not someone who's going to score a lot of touchdowns. We know that. Uh, You know, he's been six touchdowns each of the past three seasons. Correct. While the yards and the receptions were much higher in years past than they were last season. Again, the the offense was about as bad as it can be at at the NFL level last year. But there are a lot of moving parts parts right now in terms of pass catchers for the Cardinals. A lot of people are hyping up Christian Kirk. I get it because we're excited about Kyler Murray. We have to be excited about who he's throwing the ball to. But I will say this, the air raid offense is one that you're going to see a lot of four wide receiver sets, and I can see this offense just spreading the ball around a lot, throwing it to whoever's open, not necessarily zoning in on just one wide receiver and force-feeding one guy. I don't know that there's one wide receiver that stands out that's that much more talented than the rest on this staff. I, I, I like Christian Kirk. Larry Fitzgerald is not going to go away. I still think that he's going to play a decent amount. But if they have these four wide receiver sets, Greg, they just drafted Andy Isabella in the second round, and I thought that they got a steal in Hakeem Butler in the fourth round as well. They have four different wide receivers that are going to be on the field a lot. Air raid is four wide receivers and one running back. That's going to be David Johnson. I think that they're going to spread the ball around a lot. I think that while a lot of people are excited about Christian Kirk, and I understand why he flashed last year, I don't know that there's going to be just a go-to wide receiver one on this team. I really do think that they're going to spread the ball around a lot. And if that's the case, where Christian Kirk is being drafted right now in like that round six, round seven range, I think he might be a little bit overvalued, Greg. Yeah, I I agree. He's probably a little bit overvalued. And I I wonder that, not that he doesn't fit in this offense, but Cliff Kingsbury is going to do something new. With Arizona, with his pieces, his people. Larry Gerald fits because he's one of the best wide receivers of all time, like you said. But I do wonder if... He's basically a player coach. Sure. I mean, he's super old. Better than that, though. The three wide receivers that are playing alongside him are either first or second year players. So they're basically learning on the job. Definitely. And I mean, if there's anyone to learn from, Larry Fitzgerald is the greatest person to learn from. When you say that, like... Christian Kirk's ADP right now is 75 right now. Way too high. So he's going in, if my math is correct, the seventh round. That's late sixth, early seventh round. Way too high. So he's going right around guys like, oh gosh, Corey Davis, Will Fuller, Robbie Anderson, Dante Pettis. It's crazy to me. It is crazy to me that Christian Kirk goes ahead of Larry Fitzgerald. It's crazy to me. We've done this before. We've literally done this with like 10 It's It's the shiny new toy. We thought it was Christian Kirk, wide receivers in Arizona. Christian dude. Kirk played well last year when he was on the field. Absolutely. And then he got hurt. But like, how many times have we done this with Larry Fitzgerald? With John Brown. And then with Jaron Brown. And before that, it was with Michael Floyd. And before that, it was with other guys. But, right? Like, but he's older now. I got he's, it. He's one year. What is he? 36, 35, 37, 35 35 years old. 35 years old now, Greg? As a wide receiver? He'll be 36 in August. 
Oh, let's compare. Larry Fitzgerald's ADP is 95, so he's going 20 picks later than Christian Kirk. Correct. People just see Larry Fitzgerald, and they, and they see no upside. That's what it comes down to. They see Christian Kirk. It's the shiny new toy. Correct. Second year in the league. First year in this Cliff Kingsbury offense. A lot of people expect him to be that number one target for Here the Here are the wide receivers Larry Fitzgerald's going around. You tell me who you'd rather have. Cool? Yes. Larry Fitzgerald or Sterling Shepard? Oh, God. Is death an option? No. I, I don't like either one. I'd rather much rather have Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald or Cortland Sutton? Oh, man, I hate Much this rather range. have Larry Fitzgerald. I hate this range of wide receivers. Larry Fitzgerald or Marvin Jones? Much Marvin rather Jones? Ha- much rather have Larry Fitzgerald. Larry, oh. Larry Fitzgerald or Kiki QT? What we're learning right now is don't wait this late to get your wide receivers. I'll take Kiki QT there. Agreed. That's what I agree with. Larry Fitzgerald or D.D. Westbrook? Kind of like D.D. Westbrook. Much rather have Larry Fitzgerald. All right, there we go. He's D.D. Westbrook is a slot receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. Nick Foles. Nick Foles throws the ball to the slot receiver more than anybody else. A lot of, a lot of Nelson Aguilar last year for Nick Foles. So I, I, I think D.D. Westbrook's going to be in a good, sleeper? good place this year. Little sleeper? Where's Marquise Lee going? He's back, right? 235. That is interesting. What I just learned is that I hate that range of wide receivers, Craig. Make sure you get a lot of wide receivers before you get to that range because I really do not. I'd rather take my upside shot on like running backs there. I'd rather speaking take my Latavius Murray, of, Royce speaking Freeman. Speaking of running backs, San Francisco's got way too many of them. We'll break that down next. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. BFFs, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Stample, Sussman, we're chilling. Got through the Arizona Cardinals, now we move on to the San Francisco 49ers. And I'm really excited to get to the Niners. Because, Frank, you and I have discussed a lot about always wanting a Kyle Shanahan running back. Because they're always going to produce. And last year, it held true again. Whenever Matt Breida could stay on the field... Matt Breida was awesome. Awesome. And then all of a sudden, like, Raheem Mostert took over. And we're just like, what is, what is going on? And we're always excited about the Shanahan running backs. Going back to Atlanta, going back to Washington, going back to Houston, going back to Denver. You're always excited about these guys because they produce. The problem last year was the presence of Matt Breida along with Jarek McKinnon. Well, they're still there, as is Raheem Mostert. And then they went out and signed Tevin Coleman. That's four guys that are in this mix. I can't promise you that all four will make the team, but that's four guys we have to discuss right now. Frank, in my head, I'm like, all right, this team signed Tevin Coleman to a free agent contract. Coleman had other spots that he could go in. The Jets were interested in him along with Le'Veon Bell. You know Tevin Coleman had other offers. But if they signed there, they had to tell him you're the guy or we're going to use you like this. You'll be happy. Or they just gave him the most money. But I said the same thing last year when it came to Jarek McKinnon, who then didn't make it to the first game before getting injured. 
I like Tevin Coleman. I want to love Tevin Coleman. Can I? Love might be a strong word here, Greg. I think based on his ADP right now, you're getting him at a fair value round uh, round six right now. You're getting him in the round six range, Greg. His ADP is 65. So you like him as your RB3, and you could draft him there as your RB3 or one of your flex options. I do think that he's going to be the, the main running back of the three. Now, there have been reports so far that said that one of Jarek McKinnon and Matt Breida can be inactive on altering weeks in order to keep these guys healthy because Jarek McKinnon's coming off of a completely busted knee and Matt Breida was uh, you know, dealing with an ankle injury towards the end of last season. So in order to keep these guys healthy, Greg, they might alternate weeks where they're active. That means there's going to be one constant, and that's Tevin Coleman. And Tevin Coleman's already familiar with Kyle Shanahan's offense. He played with him in Atlanta. And even as the secondary running back to Devontae Freeman throughout those years, Tevin Coleman was fantasy viable as a flex option. You know, I'm pretty sure he finished, he has a season where he finished as top 24 running back. So I think if there's one constant at running back this year, it's going to be Tevin Coleman and probably Kyle Juszczyk too, just because he's on the field a lot. But you're right. The Kyle Shanahan offense produces running backs for fantasy. Even last year, Matt Breida, when he was on the field, he averaged 5.3 yards per carry. That was like tied for fourth in the NFL last year, Greg. Even Jeff Wilson. Who? Who? Jeff Wilson, down the stretch, was fantasy viable because he was starting for the San Francisco 49ers when Matt Breida was hurt. And he was getting a ton of work, and, and he was producing. So this offensive line was really good at run blocking last year. I believe they were 10th in football. They were 10th, according to uh, Football Outsiders, in run blocking. They were a little bit lower in pass blocking. So they're really good at run blocking, and the Kyle Shanahan offense is just known for producing running backs, Greg. And I think in that 6th round range, 6th, 7th round range, if you can get Tevin Coleman as your RB3 or as one of your flex running backs, I think that's fair value. I like it. I'm in. So at that value, that RB3 level... I'm going to love it because Tevin Coleman has that ability to produce more as long as he's on the field. He has some injury issues as well. All of these guys uh, have been banged up. But if you're right, Frank, and they rest McKinnon one week and they wind up resting Matt Breida one week, it's going to be good for Tevin Coleman. Now, I will say this. Those Coleman owners, we're going to be frustrated. He's probably better for best ball. Honestly. He's going to be great for best ball. And that's where I've been drafting. I drafted him in the Scott Fishball as my RB3 as well. I would really, I would draft Matt Breida in best ball too. Yeah, dra- draft any of them. Yeah. And I, look, McKinnon and Breida, you're basically getting for free. Correct. They're going rounds 12 or later. So I love it. I love it, love it, love it in best ball. But it's going to be frustrating when you draft these guys. And where, where's Coleman going in? I'm sorry. Pick 65. So he's in the sixth round range. If he goes, if he's, he started to creep up a little bit. And I think it was because of that report, Greg, that came out that McKinnon and Breida can alternate weeks where they are inactive. Active, yeah, yeah. And everyone's saying, all right, everyone's singing the same thing. Well, there's going to be one constant. Tevin Coleman's going to be active every single week that he's healthy. And so, I think people got excited about that, and his ADP started to climb a little bit. If he goes a lot higher than this, starts to like creep into the fifth round, I, I'm not really going to love that. So now, in round six or seven, sure. So they, these images that I have of Tevin Coleman, or what could be of Tevin Coleman, is when I owned Carlos Hyde two years ago, right? I loved Carlos Hyde. It was awesome. But then there was just like a whole halves where Matt Breida would just play. And I'd be like, what the F? And I, that's going to happen with Carlos Hyde, where Matt Breida plays an entire half, and you're just like, what the F? It's going to happen. 
But where you're getting Tevin Coleman at pick 65, are you okay with that is the question. That's the middle of the sixth round. Are you okay with that? If you're drafting, let's say, a couple of running backs, a couple of wide receivers, he's your RB3. Yeah, let's say your first me, five picks are two, two running backs, backs, two, two wide receivers, receivers, tight end. Well, this would be your six picks. Oh, yeah, right. It's fine. Yeah, right, right. that's five picks. Let and with this guy as your flex, as your RB3. Let me give you some other names that are going here. Yeah. Just, just for reference. Chris Carson, right there. I'd still rather have Carson. I agree with you. Yes. I agree with you. Daryl Henderson, I'd much rather have Tevin Coleman. What if you're a girly owner? If you take girly in the second, then I think you'd How? rather take Henderson in the sixth oh, than Tevin Coleman. That's crazy. You're it's, drafting a handcuff in the sixth it's round. It's crazy, but you're talking about a running back with arthritis in his knee. It's the sixth round. You're drafting a handcuff. A guy that is well, going to be useless that, for you. Tell that to the fantasy owners who won championships last year because they picked Anderson. up C.J. Anderson. C.J. Anderson, who couldn't even get work in Carolina, got cut, cleared waivers, nobody wanted him, went to the Rams, Todd Gurley couldn't play, C.J. Anderson became a fantasy stud. That's what you're looking at if Todd Gurley ends up missing games. So I understand it's frustrating and it's a lot. It's a lot to invest in one backfield. But it might be the most opportunistic backfield in fantasy football, the Los Angeles Rams. But if I'm a girly owner, I'd rather have Henderson than Tevin Coleman. But what about Malcolm Brown? <laughs> exactly, Greg. What about him? This is a team. They just invested a third round pick in Daryl Henderson. They like him. Malcolm Brown signed an offer sheet with the Lions, and the Rams matched it. They brought I, him back purposely. Yeah, but I think that they just wanted him for depth. Why? Whenever he, Greg, whenever he stepped in, he hasn't done anything. I don't think that he scored a career, a single touchdown in his career. C.J. Anderson stepped in last year, and it was balls to the wall. It was very good. He was awesome. It was very good. I think that's what they're looking at with Daryl Henderson. And Daryl Henderson was a really good pass catcher in college too. So they might try and they might try and spell Todd Gurley's workload this year. Something they've already talked about. Like Daryl Henderson might actually have standalone value this year, even with Todd Gurley on the field. You might get a few like four or five reception games out of Daryl Henderson, even with Todd Gurley healthy. I'm just nervous when it comes to Daryl Anderson that we're doing the same thing with him. And again, it wasn't picked nearly as early. Then we have a John Kelly, where everyone was obsessed with John Kelly. Not that he was going in the sixth round, obviously. Yeah. But he was obsessed with this guy, and he didn't play. But John Kelly was an undrafted free agent. So Daryl Henderson went in the third. Got it. Or, or if he wasn't, he was close. A late, a late he was pick. much later. I mean, a third-round pick is not nothing, Greg. No, no, it's not. It's not. They invested a lot in Daryl Henderson. It's it's not nothing. I, I'm I'm not saying it is. You're and you're right. I think he he might have been an undrafted free agent. I, I don't know. But nevertheless, I can't invest. And I love to talk about the Rams now. <laughs> well, they're part of the NFC West. I I, guess, right? I I can't invest such an early pick on what is going to be a handcuff. I would not draft Daryl Henderson if I didn't own Gurley. I mean, there are going to be one of the other people that want to do that to screw over the Gurley owner. Maybe like use it as trade bait or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But me personally, if I don't own Gurley, I'm, I, I wouldn't touch Daryl Henderson before the eighth round. But look at the other running backs going in this range, Greg. Rashad Penny. Is he a backup? Is he going to have standalone value? Is he going to overtake the job with Chris Carson? There's question marks there as well. Yep. So he's definitely, he, he might be frustrating to own. Sure. At least with Tevin Coleman, you know that. Yeah, at least you expect him to be the lead guy for the for Carson Kyle Shanahan's be, offense. Carson should be the lead guy. 
Right? Yeah, but uh, yeah, but I, I just brought up Rashad Penny, Greg. Well, no, I, no, I, yeah. I heard you about Rashad yeah. Penny, but like Carson- and they're going to a, in a similar range. Like Carson is pick sixty five, Penny seventy two. No, I know. And, yeah, so they're going seven picks apart. I, I, I got it, but I, I expect both to be the lead backs. I'm always worried about Coleman. Like, there's more of the guys that there in Seattle. It's seemingly just Penny and Carson. Yeah, there's well, two rather than three. Although, if someone's not active, then it's really just two. And Kyle Yushek has the fullback. Right. Exactly. Um. Other running backs in this area, well, as we said, Rashad Penny. Miles Sanders goes a little bit later on. He's Darius, like the next round. He's like a Darius, seventh, eighth Darius round pick. guys as well. I'd rather have Coleman than, than both of these guys at this point. Yeah, there's question marks with both of them. Doug Peterson likes to employ a running back by committee. Uh, and I think, you know, Miles Sanders might be a slow starter. There was a report the other day that he needs to improve his pass protection. That's very obvious. Um, and then with Darius Geis, Washington brought back Adrian Peterson, and he's coming off a, na- a major knee surgery. So, question marks there. Greg, what about Lamar Miller? I know Lamar Miller sucks. He's a starting running back. Lamar Miller sucks. So, who would you rather have, Tevin Coleman or Lamar Miller? Tevin Coleman. I'm never drafting Lamar Miller. All right, good. Thanks. Because that, that was my internal debate in Scott's Fishbowl, and I took, uh, took Tevin Coleman. Oh, man. So, sticking with uh, the 49ers for a brief moment. Their quarterback is Jimmy Garoppolo, coming off the ACL injury. And a lot of these guys that we've talked about, by the way, um, when it comes to Jarek McKinnon, when it comes to Todd Gurley, when it comes to Jimmy G, we're going to ask Virginia Zakis about this coming up in about a half hour from now. So all injury updates on all these guys. But Jimmy G, coming back from the ACL tear, we've seen his mentor, Tom Brady, do the same earlier in his career. Jimmy G's going to step right up. People were really excited about him coming in last year. Like, him and Patrick Mahomes was, were the darlings of everyone's eyes. Jimmy G's not going to be Patrick Mahomes, probably, but would you invest in him? Where would you, where would you invest in him, I should say? Because the right price will do anything, but where would you invest in Jimmy G? Everybody's got a price. That's right, Teddy. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo right now is going pick 134 as quarterback 21 off the board, but that just speaks to how deep the position quarterback is. is yeah. Because he's going just behind guys like Phillip Rivers, Tom Brady, you know, he's going in that range, and those are guys who have done it before. And Jimmy Garoppolo is very similar but to But he's also going after guys like Kirk Cousins, Mitch Trubisky, and Lamar Jackson. I, well, I think Lamar Jackson does have more upside. Fine. I don't think Mitch Trubisky and Kirk Cousins is necessarily I like Mitch Trubisky, too. I like Jimmy G more. It's close. It's close, but that just speaks how deep the position is. Yeah. I like Jimmy Garoppolo, right? So if the way that I'm viewing Jimmy Garoppolo is if he's a fallback option for you— in a super flex league, or if you wait really late in a one quarterback league and you get Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, I'd want a good backup because he is coming off an ACL. Like, can you injury. pair Philip Rivers and Jimmy G and feel pretty good about it? Sure, in a one quarterback league, yeah, yeah I think that's fair. And look, in, in a super flex league, if you get him as your your second quarterback, perfectly fine with that. Uh, well, let's not forget what he did uh, down the stretch in 2017. What small sample size? What made him so? What made people so excited for him heading into the 2018 season was that. Those final five weeks from weeks 13 to 17, he was the QB 10 overall during that stretch. And he did it against the, the Legion of... Uh, the Boston Jacksonville defense. That's not the Legion of Boom. What, no. am, I, what am I talking about? No, Cat scratch fever, that Greg. That's what it, it is. Yeah. But yeah, it was against that Jaguars defense that he performed really well. And again, Kyle Shanahan, you can't downplay this. What he did last year with Nick Mullins as the quarterback, losing Jarek McKinnon, this team was 16th in total offense. They were 10th in yards per play. Kyle Shanahan, if there's a quarterback guru out there, an offensive mastermind, it's not Adam Gase. I'll tell you that right now. It's Kyle Shanahan. The guy's legit. And when we come back, we'll have a couple more minutes here to talk about the weapons that he has. 
Jimmy G has some really good weapons on this team, Greg. I'm excited to hear you go That's off. That's why about, you get excited about Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm excited to hear you go off about Dante Pettis. Talk about Marquise Goodwin. And of course, George Kittle, who could finish as the number one tight end. Stick around. More next. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. We've gone as far as we can go. Three more minutes here on our Fantasy Hour on the BFFs. Frank Stample, Greg Sussman, San Francisco 49ers. We have three minutes to go. You mentioned the weapons for Jimmy Garoppolo. Obviously, George Kittle stands out. Is he your number tight two tight end on the board? I haven't done rankings yet, but I would imagine that I'm going to have Zach Ertz ahead of him just based on the rapport that him and Carson Wentz have together. Sure. George Kittle's pretty awesome, though. George Kittle is awesome. It's just going to be hard for him to replicate the yards after catch that he had last year. Greg, I don't know if you remember specifically, but there was at least four or five times last year where he basically like took a quick slant to the house yep. and he just kept running and kept running and kept running. Absolutely. He is that talented, but I think that he's going to be a little bit more on the radars of opposing defenses heading into this season. I still really like George Kittle, but I like Zach Ertz a little bit more than him. Uh, I just think that there's a lot of weapons on this San Francisco 49ers team, which brings me to Dante Pettis. And last year, Greg, I was banging the drum for Dante Pettis. But now this year, Greg, everybody is banging the drum for Dante Pettis. He's one of these hype guys. His ADP right now is 71. So he's going you know, right around the end of the sixth round, early seventh round range. Um, I like him. I think he's really talented. I, I think he flashed last year. Much like George Kittle, there were a few times where... You know, he would take a quick slant, just take it to the house, or, you know, he was trusted in the red zone to beat a defender one-on-one, and he did so. It was, you know, from weeks 12 to 16, a five-game stretch, which I realize is not a big sample size, but he was the wide receiver eight during that stretch. He was awesome, but you have to look at what they did in the draft. They bring in Debo Samuel. They draft him in the second round. They draft Jalen Hurd, which, who was a running back turned wide receiver in the fourth round, so... There are a lot of weapons on this team. I, I like Dante Pettis, but I, I worry a little bit about the targets. While he was going off during that five-game stretch, Greg, he never had more than seven targets in a game. So he's not really a target monster. He's someone who made a lot happen with not a lot of targets. So I just worry about, are those targets going to be there consistently for Dante Pettis? And I, I think it's a fair question to ask. Dante Pettis, certainly a question mark for many fantasy owners coming into the drafts. Hopefully training camp. I don't hate him in that range, though. Late sixth, early seventh round is like a wide receiver three to break out. It's not bad. I agree. All right. Fantasy hour is done. Action hour is next.